Hello and welcome to another episode of the Miseducation of Breaking Data Podcast. We're here. We made it to uh, fall 2022. Uh, this is, I know, I know, I'm for many people like my grandma and my mom that listen to this podcast regularly, you're like, wow, it's been like a whole month. Did Ricky give up? Was it really that hard uh, to do a podcast? And uh, truth is, yes, all of those things. But most importantly, honestly, the first month of school is hard, y'all. Um, we we started in uh, uh, August, uh, late August, and I, I officially... Uh, We've been through, I now, we're, we're about to start uh, week seven, technically, I think it's um, uh, really six weeks, but uh, uh, s- that first month of school is uh, is challenging, um, and I feel, I remember when I was I was doing this podcast, and I was, I was running through, like, am I going to take a break for the summer, like, technically, I don't really have, like, teaching stuff to talk about, um, so maybe I'll, I'll try to take it easy in the summer, uh, I had a lot of energy in the summer. And uh, I maybe uh, didn't try as hard because in my head I was like, oh, I'm taking a break. Um, but but definitely I had the energy and I was thinking about teaching a lot. Um, and right now, I'll be honest, all of my energy is going into uh, doing my job, which is uh, if Miss Wilson, my principal, is listening to this, she's probably uh, really happy about that. Um, it's It's been crazy. It's been a, a really interesting year um, and a lot of, of things have come up. So this episode, I always talk about my solo episodes um, being journals. Um, I think I've, t- I've put enough effort into making sure this is not a journal because I know specifically uh, the things that I would like to share and what's worth sharing. Um, for those of you that are maybe curious about the teaching profession um, or other teachers, maybe you can be like, yes, I totally understand. Um, but uh, some of the things that have come up for this first uh this first month because uh, a lot of things need to happen for teachers to make sure that their, their P's and Q's are um, uh, unlocked. So uh, specifically, I think this year, what's what's interesting is um, this is my first year of something called induction. So um, uh, I guess I, I would be exaggerating if I'm saying that that's the reason why I haven't been able to get to this podcast, but it's, it's just a, a long combination of this. But um, induction is the first uh, thing that so when you get your teaching credentials, uh, you have to uh, clear your credentials, which which goes through um, passing your uh, ed TPAs, and also um, uh, basically just like all the tests and assessments that you have to take your student teaching, whatever. Um, so you can have a credential, but it's not necessarily cleared, which is uh, technically where I'm at now with, with, um, longer story, but with COVID, uh, uh, people in my position who were trying to get their credentials during COVID, they were like trying to make it easy. Cause it's like, we need teachers and a lot of teachers are going to quit. So, uh, just go ahead and go ahead and start teaching, even though your credentials are not cleared. Um, so right now I don't have a cleared credential. Um, and one of the things to continue to clear your credential in addition to taking your, your TPAs is, um, something called induction. So, when you're you have a job, your first it usually takes like a year, maybe two years, depends on the district um, and your position and a lot of things. Um, you're supposed to induct, which is to say, like you need to continue either taking classes or like um, basically like going through specific coaching to make sure that you don't forget the things that you learned in your credentialing program or like you start to try to implement those specific things you talked about really it's just a way for uh teachers to make sure that they're still trying i mean i'm sure this is not how the board of of california would talk about the induction program but really it is it's it's to make sure that like people don't go oh okay i got my teaching job i can start to slack off no you still need to like make sure that all of those um 
uh, strategies that you learn from your credentialing program are being implemented and you start to work with a, another coach um, to make sure that those things are implemented or talk it out and maybe like have somebody to, to, to bounce ideas off of, you know. Um, so induction is one thing that I've been uh, thinking of a lot and making sure that I have to get through this year. I finally have my coach. Uh, all of that will be set up. Um, additionally, this year, uh, something that my school is doing a little bit differently is they're, they're really just, um, it's, it's not interesting or fun to like talk about the details of it, but we're, our admin is making sure that our teachers have their lesson plans in a clear, organized manner, um, differently than they did last year. So, uh, to maybe like a math teacher or a science teacher, to be honest, I'd have to interview one of them and bring them on. So maybe I shouldn't speak for them, but, uh, it's just like making sure that your, your unit plan is cohesive and, um, your, our, our slogan this year is begin with the goal, uh, um, uh, begin with the goal in mind. Uh, so uh, making sure you know like where your end target is and developing a plan to get to that end target, right? The fun part about this and why I think it's actually interesting to talk about, dance teachers don't have curriculum. So as a math teacher, you can be like, I know that my kids need to get to this uh, concept. They need to learn long division by the time they're done with seventh grade or whatever. Uh, my kids don't need to know anything. Um, by the state of California, there's no like need to uh, uh, to learn dance, right? And a lot of that is fantastic because that means that like I can decide what my curriculum is and that's what I did all last year where I, I really went into the history and the, the culture of hip hop and I uh, kind of like just taught and then I kind of worked backwards where I was like, what what standard does this teach? The, the talking about like Africa Bambada and DJ Cool Herc, like what standard does that uh, adhere to, right? Um, and it was really cool because I could teach the stuff that I wanted to talk about. And then um, uh, I could kind of just say like, <laughs> I, I could work backwards, you know? Um, now I cannot work backwards. I have to make sure that uh, there's a purpose for the things that I'm teaching and which sounds, uh, maybe if you're a core teacher or a uh, um, uh, general education teacher you're listening to this and you're like yeah that's what all of us have to do I don't have to do that so it's really new for me um to think like where do I want what do I want my kids to look like after they they leave my course and what do I need them to know right which is different than I feel like how I normally teach dance which is to say I get to know my students I learn about them and then I say okay what are, knowing what we have and knowing what we have to work with where are we going to go from here and like what what's the goal I have to start with my goal um, and I have to make sure that the kids not only are pushed to get there, but also they have like the, um, ability to be offered the chance to get there. Right. I, I can't, I can't say like everybody has to do a head spin by the time they leave. That's like an unfair standard to grade these kids off. Of, right. So having to construct my lessons and to develop unit plans in a way where it's like universal and where all kids are capable of achieving and overachieving the standard that I'm pitching while at the same time, like pushing it in a way where like I'm used to with my, my dance classes. It's been so fun. It's been so fun, but it's also been so much work to try to like think that way. Um, I think like my whole life I've been a procrastinator and I think that like <laughs> in school, they don't encourage you to be a procrastinator because you develop bad habits. Well, I'm a functioning adult that has like made a living and uh, I've been, I've, I've, I've learned how to adapt with those bad habits in my adult life. Um, so I know what it takes to, to push things to the last minute. I know what it's like to procrastinate and what, what that looks like for me. Now I feel like I'm being forced to not procrastinate 
and um, it's really, really pushing me in a really fun way. Um, so, uh, yeah, like to, I mean, to get into really specifics of like what I've been teaching, it's just like I, this last week with my students, we, we've, over the past five weeks, we've been developing like a hip hop vocabulary. So like my students all by now know what the Bart Simpson is. They know what the Bismarcky is. They know what the East Coast Stomp is. And like with these vocabularies that they already know and have been assessed on and, um, uh, are continuously like reminded of every day with those vocabularies. Now, this last week, I was like, okay, you need to like add um, uh, personal movement voices to those. Meaning, like, can you add a variation that is original to your own thought? Like, with without me prompting you what that change is, can you change the movement uh, in a way that is unique to you? Right. Um, and instead of like grading the students based off of like who had the coolest freestyle you know in the east coast stomp like who did the east coast stomp the coolest and whose was the best but it's rather saying like did you as a student like come up with an original version of the east coast stomp um to make it specific and personal to you right which like adheres to our standards uh it's still pushing even the best students of our class um and the students that are at the maybe like the lowest performance or the kids that are like right not really into it which is totally fine um they still have like very specific expectations of like what it looks like to get a, a, a good grade or a bad grade in my class so and it's it's been really I, I just like love how my class is running right now because like the students that are failing, I'm like, you know why you're failing, right? And they're like, Yeah, I know exactly why. And it's like, okay, then do it. Like there's no there's no like things are clear. There's no like haziness to it. And even um I, I loved it. I had one of my um uh one of the students that has taken my class before and I feel like I have a pretty close relationship with she asked me the other day, she's like, how come I don't have an A plus or whatever? And I was like, well, what do you need to get? I have an A plus. And she was like, ah, I need to like make sure I'm adding my own like personal, like there was a rubric we were working with. And she was like, I need to be doing this. And I was like, do you think you're doing that? And she was like, ah, no, you're right. And I was like, good. Like, I didn't even have to like, I didn't have to deliver the bad news of like, this is why you don't have an A. It was like, she was able to like, look at the expectations, the rubrics, whatever, look at her own performance and like self-assess where she was. Um, and then now like, I, I feel like when she's dancing, I can be like, do you think that this is like worth an A? And she'll be like, oh, you're right. Or like, she'll come up to me and be like, I think I got an A today. And I'm like, I agree. Like you, 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 we can both look at the same thing. It's not like me just having this arbitrary, like, yes, this is dance or like, no, this is not dance. Like it's very clear and specific. So, um, and again, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe this sounds like very, um, like, duh, obviously this is how your class has to run, but this is a very different way in which I've been running my class for the past, um, I mean, like 10 years. Like, I, I have not taught like this. So to um, develop lessons that are structured in this way to allow for this type of assessment and this type of, um, uh, I guess, like an informal assessment, but it's just like checking in with the students and like coaching, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for. Um, it, it takes a lot of like prep on my end and it, and it takes a lot of um, exploring of ideas and uh, tinkering, you know, experimenting. Um, so I was just telling uh, somebody today, like everybody assumes that like your first year of teaching is your worst because you're like thrown in and you're brand new and you're to the wolves. Last year, I feel like I was just like on survival mode where I was like, I'm going to do what I do and I know it works. Let me just do that. And it works because I got through my class, but I feel like there were a lot of issues either behaviorally or like some 
um uh maybe like artistically too i was like not happy with like where like i feel like i was happy with my highest performing students but i wasn't happy with like everybody else you know um so I feel like with with this structure, it's making those things a little easier. Um, and I feel like I don't really have, I mean, obviously, like working with middle schoolers, you're always going to have behavioral issues. But like my behavioral issues are so much easier to deal with now because like the expectations of the class are so much clearer. So um, uh, yeah, it's been really challenging and really tough and a lot of time, con- uh, really time consuming. And I feel like honestly, that's why I haven't been able to get to the Miseducation Community podcast. So, uh, again, if you're a regular listener, I apologize. I'm not going anywhere. This is an ending. Uh, it's just been, uh, it's been lots to do, you know? Um, and a lot of this, uh, the thing that I wanted to talk about today is I feel like, um, this first like month of school there's been uh, without getting too into it i feel like our community has just been undergoing a lot of like tragedies and like a lot of tough things where you just kind of have like this understanding of like where you teach and like the kids that you teach you understand a little bit more about their lives and a lot of things are like really tough and heavy to get through um and sometimes it's just like, who cares about dance right now? And like, we have these uh, bigger and, and scarier issues going on. So um, a lot of a lot of what I've been telling myself this past month is like to, to try to focus on the wins and to focus on the positives of um, uh, of teaching, because I feel like a lot of time, like you can have a day where there's like four really bad things that you can go home and talk to your friends about like oh like work was so hard today this this and this happened um but to try to like flip that perspective to say like what were the positive things that happened today um has been something that i've been trying to like make a conscious effort to doing so i wanted to share uh, a little bit about those um because uh, i think they're really fun um like they're really special like teacher specific things that i think uh, are really cool to to have um i got an email from a student randomly uh on uh i think like a friday evening or something like that so like the student didn't need to reach out to me but uh it's kind of cool to have an email address with the school and knowing that the students have an email address too so they can kind of communicate with you like i didn't have that where like i couldn't email my teachers as like because sometimes I get like fun little, hey, mister, miss you, hope you're having a good class. And it's like so wholesome and sweet because they're just like these 12 year olds sending these messages to and they're thinking about you. And maybe they should be ta- focusing in their other class, but like they're taking their time out of their day to kind of reach out to you, you know. Um, I had one of my students that uh, literally like was telling me like, I've been practicing my moves a lot. And I just wanted to let you know, it's like one of my sixth graders. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the fact that this kid's like considering me uh at home right now is just so sweet um and then this last week too i uh uh i was kind of feeling sick and actually tuesday um i i stayed home from from work because uh i didn't have covid but i had some type of bug and i didn't want to like get people sick or whatever um and while i was home two of my students emailed me and they're like hey we missed you hope you're feeling better and it's just like it's so sweet that like kids can kind of um care for you in that way and like maybe it's them it was super easy it's just an email but like to uh i feel like it's really easy for teachers to to get into this rut of like this is a thankless position where like you're just banging your head against the wall but then when you have moments like that where it's like oh wow like a person this little kid is like making an effort to like express that they care about you right um 
you could definitely just see it as a little email or you could see it as that bigger picture thing where it's like, wow, we're teaching these kids to like care for their community and like look out for one another. And the fact that they're doing that to me, incredible. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, kids are magic. Kids have the ability to be magic. And that, that was definitely one of the things that happened this last uh, this last month. I also had a student um, that was, uh, there's always one of these students in my classes because like Whenever I talk to either friends or like, I don't know, other adults I meet in the world, they're always like, how do you grade dance, you know? Um, and as I just talked about, there's a lot of rubrics and, and, and ways to make it universal and not so like demanding of artistic ability because let's face it, not everybody's going to love dance and not everybody's going to have that bone in their body, you know, to, to be in a, a professional dancer and that's fine. We should be okay with that. Um, but we always have, I always have at least one student like per grade, I would say that just like refuses to dance and they just like stand in the corner and don't do anything. And I had one of those students where I was telling her, I, I try not to like in the moment force it because I know that like when you're a middle schooler, there's a lot of anxiety that goes into it, a lot of embarrassment. So it's like, of course I want student to to dance, but like if a student's not going to dance, I'll figure it out later because like in the moment you can embarrass a kid to make them like never want to dance again. And I'm aware of that. So I had a student that was like consistently not dancing. And after every class or like every break, I'm like, you know, you're not getting credit right now because like I'm supposed to grade you according to these standards. And if you're not dancing, I can't see if you're achieving those standards or not. So I have to give you a zero. And right now your grade is a zero percent and uh, you're failing. So do I really need to call mom to like figure out why you're failing dance class and having those conversations consistently and the whole time it's just like, no, no, no. And like everybody has their different reasons, but there's always, like I said, there's always that kid who just refuses. And some of them are like, I don't care. Call my mom. I don't care that I'm getting a zero, whatever. And you just have to remember that they're a human being and like try to get down to the bottom of it rather than just like get grumpy about it. So, and I'm used to that by now. Um, but one of my, my girls that was just like really anti, nope, no way. I'm not going to dance. Uh, this last, I would say two weeks, she started dancing and, uh, not only did she start dancing, she's like a really good dancer. So, and she's dancing like, like we do sessions in my class. So like, I'll take the last 20 minutes of class, usually 15 minutes. And I say, I want you to practice on something that you're interested in because, hip-hop and dance are a lot of things and maybe we did something today that you wished we did or something we didn't get to that you're interested in so while we're sessioning everybody's going to work independently on their own practice what they want to practice and i'll come around and give tips of like what i think and i know that a lot of the kids see that as free time and they don't want to dance but for the kids that use it it's it's a good time to like get individual coaching um and this student that was so unwilling to dance has now been like using that time to the fullest using the mirror like going dancing full out with her friend um and there's something great about that because like i think all of my students think that i want them to be like professional dancers when they grow up and that's so not the case it's really just like I know that middle school is a sucky time in which you're embarrassed, you're shy, you're nervous, you're ang- like literally all of the <laughs> when you think of like the human experience, all of the negative emotions that a human being can feel start in middle school because like maybe like jealousy happens when you're in elementary school and maybe like anger, but like the idea of like being uncomfortable with yourself is not an elementary school feeling (laughs) like kids are just like unabashedly themselves and that's why we love kids so much but like middle schoolers are like don't look at me i'll die and like 
that's so unfortunate to see because a lot of these kids, I was just having another side story. A couple of my boys and I had a conversation about haircuts, about like when you're in middle school, getting a haircut's like a death sentence. You're like, nobody look at my hair and they wear their hoods and they're all embarrassed. And it's like, dude, like show it off. Just like, it's a haircut. Who cares? But to them, it's their whole world, you know? So for this student that's like afraid to dance, that's her whole world on the line is like, I can't dance because everybody will think this and this and this about me. So to see somebody who like has that type of like emotional turnaround in my class to go from like, no, there's no way I'm dancing. Call my mom. I don't care. I'll get a zero. Get out of my face. I'm not going to dance. To go from that to uh, now being like dancing uh, uh, out of her own choice, like voluntarily dancing, uh, it's just incredible. It's so cool to see somebody like develop that self-confidence and that um, uh, interest, you know? Um, and it's, I like... You can't even like claim credit for that. It's just like working with the student and like trying to get them to like open up their shell. And I don't, I genuinely don't think you can do that for a student. You can just kind of have conversations that make them think. Like if a student's like, no, everybody's looking at me. And I'll be like, look around, who's looking at you? You know, and I'm not saying like, no, nobody's looking at you, go dance. Like I'm saying like, hey, you think about it. Look around. Do you actually see anybody looking at you? No, nobody is. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, just getting them to think in that, open their mind up in a different way. It's just so, so, so cool to see. Uh, and I love it. Uh, I also had a student that's, um, uh, you know, we talked about behavioral issues a little bit earlier. Um, I have a student that's, he's, for some students, behavior is their main problem to where like school is no longer the issue. Um, Social people are not alone where the issue is just learning how to like function and learning how to like be appropriate, right? And I feel like I really connect because I, I mean, I had a lot of behavioral issues when I was a kid. Um, and I think it's frustrating because when you have a lot of behavioral issues consistently and people start to like identify you as a student that has behavioral issues, um, it can start to get frustrating because you're like, why is everybody picking on me? Um, like just leave me alone, you know, and that doesn't change the student's behavior necessarily like it's not saying that like We need to back off because like his behavior is fine. His behavior is still not fine but like when he gets into the the cycle of like I'm a bad kid like that. It, it's always just tough because like you don't want the student to think that they're a bad kid you want the student to Understand how they're impacting their community and like let them grow from that, right? um and I think and when you start to label a kid as like a kid with behavioral issues, you can get that self-fulfilling prophecy thing. So we have one of those students that um, is struggling a lot behaviorally. And I remember last year he struggled a lot as well. Um, but I know that this student has like an interest in, in hip hop, right? And I think um, a lot of times it's considered a bad thing to maybe like talk to a student like they're one of your... Uh, uh, equals, I guess. Um, but I feel like with a lot of my students, that goes a really long way because when I go up to my kids, I'm like, bro, what's up? Like, and I talk, I, I talk to them like that rather than like, greetings, young man. Like, how are you doing today? Um, I totally could greet them like they're, they're, uh, a kid, but I choose to treat them like they're, um, uh, an equal. And a lot of, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of times that backfires where kids get too relaxed, but like knowing how to, um, 
deal with that when it comes up, I think is something that I'm pretty good at where I'm like, ah, blah, blah, I'm your teacher. Relax. Like, watch your mouth. Like, so a lot of times I feel like I get that when kids start to cuss around me. I'm like, oh, this kid's way too comfortable. So I start to go like, ah, oh, you need to check your language. Hey, relax. We're in a classroom, you know. Um, but uh, this student that is that is going through this behavior thing, I'm I'm starting to see the fruit of like treating this student with respect and dignity, even though... I mean, like you, I was, I've been thinking about the phrase of like, oh, respect is earned, it's not given. And I kind of disagree with that. I think that um, you should give everybody respect because everybody deserves, deserves respect. I think um, respect can be given, meaning like you do something. Uh, if, if somebody does something that I think is like either culturally or emotionally impressive, I'll be like, ah, they've earned my respect, you know? Um, but I also think that you can lose respect for somebody where like if they mess up or they do something that's questionable, it's like, wow, like I, I really wish better for that person, right? Um, and I feel like that's kind of like how I've been interacting with this student that like is so desperate to like have respect from their, um, from his superiors or from his teachers. Um, and I think a lot of teachers are just like, I'm not giving you respect because like you are labeled as a person that like doesn't deserve respect, you know? Um, and I feel like the way I treat him is like, hey, if you're respectful to me right now, I'll be respectful to you back. But there are times when he's not respectful to me to me, and my like chumminess and my coolness, you know? My kid, kids are always like, you're the cool teacher. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can be the, the not cool teacher really quick though. Like you gotta, uh, you gotta be cool to me too. If you, you, if you deserve me being cool, I'll be, we can have a great time. But uh, if you lose that and you, you start to act, you know, out of pocket, then uh, I'll start to get uncool, you know? Um, and I feel like with this student, it's like, um, I'm seeing that happen in real time and I'm like recognizing the fruit of that. I will say, I don't think the story's over. I think that there's still a lot of work to do with this student. Um, but again, like that, I, I just think that like, um, interacting with a student that has like an existing behavioral issue is so interesting because like you're coming into the situation knowing like oh this kid has behavioral issues and that could like uh, impact how you treat that student and I think that a lot of times if you have that pre-existing bias it can actually make things a lot worse and I, I'm, I see it happen teacher to teacher to teacher and it's and it's tough because like the teachers aren't wrong in treating the student this way because he doesn't treat people nicely, you know? Um, but if you kind of let the slate be clean every day you interact with a student, I think it's like uh, so much better. And honestly, like, I feel like that's how adults interact with each other. It's like you, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't hold grudges with people. And if a person has wronged me, I'm not going to like hang on to it forever. Um, and we shouldn't do that with kids either. You know, they need, they need to learn how to be successful, functioning social people and, I think that a successful functioning social person is forgiving and understanding and patient. And if you're not forgiving and understanding and patient with a kid, why would they be that way back to you? You know? So, um, it's been an interesting time. I really like that kid. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, fun to work with him. Um, I also, uh, I had, um, I had two students. It was, uh, there's something special about like, your students meeting your teachers, you know, I had two students that uh, I used to dance with Versatile, Next Generation, shout out to Versatile, um, and uh, they have their Friday night Versatile classes and their house classes, I think they're on, I don't want to guess, I don't want to plug it because I'm going to get it wrong, I always have to look it up every time I go, but Friday nights, like every Friday, they have uh, Versatile classes in, in uh, 
uh, Mirren K Studios in Burbank. And um, I I always tell my students about Versatile. I show videos of Versatile and uh, I've just like talked about them as part of like my, my history uh, whenever I bring it up. And I had two of my students actually say like, hey, we're going to go to that Versatile class. You should go too. So I was like, heck yeah, like I'm going to go support my students. And I was a little scared because like if you have a student that takes my class at the middle school, that's very easy and structured and again, like making it universal so where everybody's successful, that's one thing. But to go to a Versatile class where everybody there is a dancer and like sure they're very welcome and opening and whatever, but it's it's tough. It's not, it's tough for me. Like I'm, I am a practicing dancer and I think it's still challenging. So to go f- to from my easy Nerf environment to a real life uh, street dance environment, my kids were just like wide-eyed the whole entire class and I loved it. Um, but I was so proud of them for co- going and coming and taking the class and like taking the challenge and a lot of, I mean, 90% of the moves that we did and the, the movements they were unfamiliar with, but they tried it anyways and did their best and got to meet people. And I was just, the whole time, I was just smiling ear to ear. And then there was that special moment where Jackie uh, Lopez was at the front and they're like, all right, let's take a quick break. And my kids went outside and I, uh, uh, Jackie also went outside. So I grabbed my kids. I was like, hey, I want you to come meet my teacher. And they're like, okay. And I got to introduce them and Jackie was just like, so like, you have such a great teacher and there's that special moment. And it was like, it was so cool to like have people that you admire, like Breeze and uh, Breezley and, and Jackie, like they, you know, were uh, my hip hop dance mentors for at least four years. Um, and to have those people be introduced to people that I'm now mentoring is like, uh, it's just a trip, you know? And um and it also makes me, it, it, it all, it all is, this has always made me feel really good. But when you have somebody that you look up to tell students that like this teacher is, is a good teacher, like they, they verified me and said like, you're, you're lucky you have Mr. Ricky as your teacher. Um, to say things like that is always just like the most reaffirming thing for, for so many things. I think it's reaffirming to the kids because like they can see these incredible dancers. And then for that incredible dancer to be like, Mr. Ricky's a good teacher is like, probably like, Oh, like, you know, to me that as a student, that would, that would make me feel cool. Um, and then also, like for me as a teacher, it's like it's it's so great that um, uh, to get that type of like co-signage, you know, uh, it's very it's very affirming. Um, and to see that just play out because I I don't know sometimes when I, I teach at the middle school, I always like if you think about the artistic demand from like Cal Lutheran or like Scripps College or whatever, like at, at the collegiate level, it's like wow, you got to really be like an incredible dancer to like keep up with these kids and like sometimes they push you whatever at the middle school all the time I feel like most of the time it's like I'm teaching them basic 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 where it's like how to count on time and like to me that's just like such it's level one you know where I'm used to teaching at like level 10 um and uh yeah to get them to experience a, a setting that I'm familiar with um and I I'm I'm comfortable in is like you, you show your student that like, hey, there's levels to this, you know, and for the student, uh, my two students that I think take dance pretty seriously, and they're actually interested in dance to be exposed to like the bigger world. Maybe I, I, I still want to talk with them a lot. And I, I talk to them regular talk with them regularly about this. It might be intimidating, and it might be overwhelming. But I think it's great to say like, this is the average LA dancer has to like go through this, you know, 
Um, so if you think our class is hard, like, look at this, this is the normal, you know? And there were even like other kids in, in that class that, um, were like middle school level that were taking the class with them. So it's not like you gotta be 25 to be successful. Like we got 13 year olds in here doing the same thing, you know, um, and being pushed just like you guys are. So, uh, it was great. I love that. And I hope that happens again because, um, uh, yeah, it's just really, uh, really, really cool to have your students be exposed into a different world. Um, and then, uh, also I think the last thing too, I, I got, I got Cal Lutheran back into it and man, I love teaching at the college level. It's so great. Um, teaching at the middle school is great because like, it's so clear that you're doing a good thing and you're, you, you are what the kids need, you know, a, a, a not, not me, but a, a person who takes a job, that job seriously is what those kids need. And, um, Sometimes you have a hard day and this is all about like shining a light on the positive, but you have a hard day and it's, it's hard to see the positive. But I always like, I always tell my kids, I probably said this in the podcast. I always tell my kids like, you're going to miss me so much one day and you're going to like come back 10 years later be like, wow, you were the best teacher I ever had. Like, thank you for changing my life. You change, you know? And I'm like in the moment they're like, oh my God, Mr. Ricky's class. But like years down the line, they're going to be really appreciative uh, of what I'm, I'm giving to them day after day after day. And I know that, I know that. It just has to be that way, you know? And I, I think the same way about my teachers. Like I, I, I think so fondly of all of my teachers that, especially the teachers that I hated because I'm like, oh man, you put up with me so much, you know? Um, shout out to Miss Belvedere, my, my maybe seventh grade uh, math teacher from Las Colinas back in Camarillo. I was thinking, I've been thinking about her so much because I was such a bad kid in her class, would get sent out all the time. And then I'm thinking now, I'm like, God, she was so patient. Like she tried so hard to, to, to be the best teacher she could for me. And knowing what it takes to drive a kid to be sent out is like, wow, like she really tried her best with me. Um, but anyways, like all, all of that, like when you're a middle school teacher, you're needed, right? Um, at the college level, these kids want you to give them something incredible. Um, they don't need you to give something. They're they're fine. They'll survive. And they'll it, even if, you, if you're not a good teacher or they don't like your style of teaching, they'll go find a teacher that they do like, you know? Um, so to have a room full of kids that, I mean, even they're not kids, they're adults, but even the ones that aren't dancers, they they want to either have a good time, they want to learn something, they want to move a little bit, like they're in there with some reason, right? Um, it's really, uh, it feels good to be appreciated in the moment. Um, and I know that maybe that's selfish, or maybe you say like, do you really need that? Uh, I think you do. You do need somebody to be like, wow, this class is incredible. Thank you for sharing. Like that it really like, um, uh, it does a lot for my like psyche as a teacher. And I think now I just had the, the perfect setup right now where like, you know, every day I have uh, eight to four working with these kids and uh, lesson planning and it's a lot of work and blah, blah, blah. And then on Wednesdays I get to like go teach these college students that like, it's weird because like they make teaching so easy, but at the same time it's like you're still being pushed. Um, I think it is a lot easier to teach people that want to be taught rather than people that need to be taught, you know? Um, but this is my, I think we're going into week four, week five, week four, something like that with Kyle Lewis. That's also been another thing this last month that's, uh, it's been like the highlight of my week every week is just um, being able to work with 
students that really want to be there. And uh, I think it's interesting because Kyle Lutheran is a similar thing where all of my students right now, I think, no, I think all of my students are not dance minors. Um, and there's not a single student that's a repeat where that's pretty un, uh, unusual. I feel like at least every quarter, every semester, I've had at least one student that is like taking it again, you know? Um, and this semester, it's all brand new kids. So I, the first week I was like, whoa, like, I can't joke around because they don't know that I'm joking yet, you know, um, and you have to have that. It felt like the first the first semester that I taught there, truly, because it was it felt weird. Um, but uh, to. Yeah, to feed these kids that these adults keep calling kids to feed these adults that um, uh, are looking for something and to work with new minds and um just be be in an energy of people that want to be there is is is, honestly it's so important i think it's i i think that if i didn't have either like a dance studio or um some type of like other teaching outlet if my only teaching experience as a a teacher as educator was working in the in the middle schools i think it'd be really hard um for me to uh stay as interested into this as it is um so and and honestly like even that one day one day is all i need to be inspired and you know the next day on thursdays i'm always like man like let me tell you what i did with my college students last night um and then kind of vice versa like they they inform each other where i i tell my college students like this is what my middle schoolers think about this move or whatever um it's really great um this last month has been so busy um and no excuse but maybe i needed my uh my my teacher you know fall break to to get into the groove of teaching um and to feel comfortable and confident to like start recording these podcasts a little more regularly so uh hopefully we will get into that um i think bi-weekly seems a a little bit uh more intentional i think i don't i don't i've said this before kind of with the journal thing i don't like the idea of recording a podcast just because I said that I was going to do one every week. Like I want these to be intentional and I want them to, if you're not a teacher to have some interesting stories or some fun things to learn. Um, and if you are a teacher, it's to have these stories to compare and to, uh, maybe learn through me from, from co-experiences, um, and have people talk about them and whatever. Um, so, uh, I think bi-weekly is better because, again, like, have I want something to talk about. I don't want to just uh, blabber on just because this is a podcast, you know. Uh, once again, really appreciate everybody that listens to this uh, regularly. And even if this is your first time, thanks for listening to the ramblings of a mad teacher. Um, teaching's great. I love it. Uh, it's hard. It, it pushes me. Um, but, uh, yeah, this last month and... Um, you know, everything that came with it is just a reminder that like, wow, I really love, really love what I do. And I'm very grateful and lucky to uh, do it. So thank you for uh, listening and hope you have a great day. See you next time. Bye, everybody.